baby. This is a pre-show show. This is a little five-minute yeah. deal uh, to talk about a, a little creative surge that I had, a little project that uh, I don't know where the inspiration came from, but um, I, I was excited to do it because I am the only... You, you and me, maybe. Although you may have this somewhere. I feel like I'm the only middle-aged male author in Christendom who doesn't have an Advent devotional book to be insufferable about for the entire <laughs> month of, of November and December. And I, I don't have one. No, don't have I've, one either. I've, I've yeah. done no... I've, I've preached a lot on Advent, sure. but I've never yeah, thought yeah. to make a devotional. No. Well, we're equally yoked in that way then. and um, Not anymore. Yeah, not, <laughs> not anymore. I know there's a little inequity, a little imbalance in our relationship, <laughs> and we're going to have to work that out. But I was watching uh, Rocky IV the other night. Actually, my good, of course you were. My good friend, uh, the good doctor, Aaron O'Kelly, who's on the pastoral staff and who you know, pastoral staff at my church, he mentioned Rocky IV in like the intro to a sermon a week or so ago. I think we know what the uh, the inspiration was I then. think we it do, was... yeah. He's maybe the biggest fan of the Gut Check Rocky Four white paper that that there is. And uh, Oh, nice. Yeah. Dude, the good doctor is a good doctor. I love that guy. Dude, the good doctor is, yeah, he's the money. He's amazing. Love that guy. But anyway, uh, it got me thinking about Rocky Four, and then I watched Rocky Four, and I realized that I could take five quotes from the movie, most of which come from... If I can change and use can change, everybody can change and write my own <laughs> sort of satirical, but hopefully saying true things about the Lord Advent devotional as a way to make a big meta joke about Advent devotionals and the fact that I don't Dude, have one. This is very gut check. It reminds me not to like turn the spotlight yeah, no, no. briefly on myself. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of the project that I did, which was a uh, like sanctification devotion slash manual um kind of a in a uh john owen of the mortification of the flesh-esque yeah, yeah. thing rooted entirely in the world of cobra kai no, where it that. was making fun of gospel according to type books yes. and engaging the culture stuff but at the same time i also felt like it was a legitimately useful and an accurate yeah. uh and inspiring uh thing for and i've heard you know great feedback on it as well yeah. so like doing the gut check thing where you're like this is tongue-in-cheek and not tongue-in-cheek simultaneously yes uh you're getting back to the roots man I, i'm getting back to the roots and it dude it felt so good to write this and i wrote it though and this is maybe b both the magic of gut check and the problem of gut check all wrapped in in one <laughs> little concise package which is it's problem magic it, it it's problem magic yeah oh dude that's good Ooh, um, instead of problematic instead of problematic problem magic <laughs> It's problematic in that it is a great thing, but also there's only like 20 people in the world who like get that joke. And right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Niche of a niche of a niche. Yeah. So let me let me give you a little update on the on the commercial viability of my five day Rocky <laughs> Four Advent <laughs> devotional. So I've I've recently started writing columns for World Magazine, um, which I don't even know what I think about World Magazine, but they dangled this in front of me and the they're paying kind of an embarrassing amount of money for each of these short columns. So I said, yes. And nice. Yeah, yeah. I've we used to get that at home. That was like the Christian Newsweek. We got that for yeah, years. Yeah, exactly. So I'm writing for their little online deal and they've liked, a, like the first two columns that I wrote, they, re they really liked them. They ran them. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a little bit of a swing on this little Rocky Four Advent devotional. And let's, let's see the extent of, of which their sense of humor, you know, kind of, 
kind of extends. And uh, little update, they rejected it. Uh, so it's, <laughs> it's, it's now in it, back in its rightful home, which is in the, in the gut check world headquarters offices. And, and we're going to figure we out. We pay an embarrassing do. amount too, just yes. in the opposite direction. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, yes. Ted, it's embarrassing for the other reason. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Al Moeller is is somehow at the helm of this deal. I understand. Dude, I, I I don't know. I guess so. World underwent this, you know, seismic shift. I don't know. Um, like everything else, I don't know. Two years ago in 2020 or whatever, people were disagreeing about stuff, and a bunch of people left, and a bunch of new people took it over. And I don't know where the money's coming from for this section. It's it's called World Opinions. And I, I don't know who's funding it. I don't know what the whole deal is, but uh, Mueller's involved in some form or fashion. And, um, you know, <laughs> because you sent me a text. I said, um, you know, when do you find out about the the <laughs> devotional? And you sent a text back that said it's I think it said Mueller passed on it this morning. Yeah, so yeah. it's gut check property. Yeah. And and I read it as. Moeller passed on this morning and I was oh, like, oh, no. Hard. Yeah, yeah. And, and then I reread it and I was like, oh, yeah. I, I mean, I was bummed for you anyway because I wanted you to get the embarrassing payday. Yeah, and yeah. that would have explained, you know, where the money comes from for the opinion section. It comes from you. You're the money. Yeah, but maybe. not coming from you this time around. No. And it seems like that's a, an odd time to pitch something that would have. So th- th- this online thing is like instant, like you're yeah. seeing your stuff. It's not long lead. It's it's no, it's, it's not like, long lead. So like you, yeah, like I submit something and then like a week or four days later or whatever, it, it's up there. So um, <laughs> did I hear you say it's a five day devotional? Yeah, it's a five day Advent devotional. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> for, for the extra small Advent. Okay, so this is like to either kick off your Advent, yes, or to or like to draw bring to you a, from Advent into Christmas itself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So however you want to use it, you know. Um, <laughs> and I, and I sort of wrote it as a. As a bit of a book proposal, so for all the high publishing or the high powered Christian publishing execs uh, who both listen to this podcast and potentially read this column, this is this is and, the, and who host this podcast, yeah, and who host this podcast. This is the teaser for the book length version of the same thing, so so that I can have something to be insufferable about for the entire months of November and December as I promote my my thing. Yeah, I, I noticed that you'd already been practicing the pose that one uses in the mirror. <laughs> yeah, w- yeah, with a Advent devotion, dude. We got the pose down. Okay, so we we've <laughs> we've got the pose down, and now we just need the book itself. Oh my god! No, do you, hey. you want to do a minute on that on the process of replicating I do. Uh, a certain yeah. author's post? I do. Um, you ask me anything you want about it. I mean, well, let's do it. I, I understand it was so. <laughs> so we had. I, I sent you that picture. Yeah, yeah. Wow. No commentary. I uh-huh. don't think. Just just sent it to you because mm-hmm. it amused me. It amused you a bit too. I think because oh gosh, you yeah. took some action. Yeah, I did. I took action, <laughs> and I found out later. From my wife, uh-huh. that your wife had like had to like rearrange her day to like help you get the look just right. Like she was helping with the hair. Yeah, she was helping with the wardrobe. Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, let me let me let me tell you how that morning came up. That morning was a little bit magical, in that I woke up to multiple versions of the text that you sent me. So, like, I have I have a handful of guys in my life who know my my issues vis-a-vis this other author and uh so i woke up to like three or four of the same text basically oh my some version of look look at this you know <coughs> fill in the blank fellow <laughs> yeah yeah and uh and so i'm like oh my gosh that's the funniest thing i've ever seen it made funnier and i want to hear you on this as a man of the cloth 
Made funnier by the fact that that was apparently taken and posted on a Sunday morning, like on the way to preach. Like, oh, hey, I didn't know that. Like, hey, hang on, I look so good. I gotta, I gotta do this real quick. And um, <laughs> felt cute. Yeah, you might delete later, yeah, but yeah, won't. Exactly. <laughs> won't um, delete later. Hashtag. So I wake I put up. The hashtags at the end. I wake up reason. to this, and um, and it and it inspired something in me in that, like, totally unprompted, my hair kind of looked like that. Like my slept on <laughs> hair, the way that it looked as I was like, you know, shuffling into the into the bathroom to like brush my teeth for the first time in the morning. Like I was like, oh, my hair, my hair sort of looks like that. So then it became this, <laughs> it, it became this exercise. And like, so I show it to my wife. She laughs. She rolls her eyes. She's like, oh, my gosh, we do the two minutes of I can't believe this is a real thing. And then I was like, what if we replicated it? Because I kind of have a mustard colored sweater. I've got sneakers that look like that. Like I could cock my knee in that self same way and hold up a book. You got a new book to pimp. I got a new book which was to the pimp. Dog lives. Yeah, which was the dog lives, which you should run to Amazon and buy a copy of it, give it a five star, or whatever. But uh, that's that's how it came about. So we did we did that whole process, replicated the picture. Um, I think I nailed everything except the facial expression. Um, and, and we, and we did it. We ran with it. So, uh, maybe when I have my own advent book, I can, I can re recreate it. And, um, I, I think what you did there was very Carol Ann yes. Ironsides, meaning you were an accidental hipster. You woke up yes. and much like Al Pacino can fall down and it gives him nineties hair. Yeah. You slept eight hours and it gave you hipster hair. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It was, it was wild, dude. And Speaking of Rocky and accidental hipsters, and I know we're, we're going all over the place. Maybe this turns into the main show, um, <laughs> as it often does for us. We're 10 minutes in now. Um, I feel like Adrian, um, Ro- Rocky's love interest through all the Rocky movies, his wife, I feel in particular in the first Rocky movie, she is an accidental hipster. Yeah. In that, like, yeah. the knit cap, the, the hipster glasses, you take her and you drop her into 2022 in college. And she works. She's a she's Absolutely. like an English English major with a I don't know digital media minor or whatever. And and she's even like she's the hanging out in the uh, meatpacking plant and, and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but yeah, for, exactly. for other reasons. But like, right. yeah, she'd have church there and not whale on a side of beef. Yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. She would she would be meeting there for quote unquote worship, you know. But uh, <laughs> yeah, in the in the movie, Dude, Adrian cute as a button. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I know why he fought for Adrian, man. It was and, and for America. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, if really, if he can change, you can change. Listen, so what we're doing, by the way, with this this uh, devotional is it's going to be on uh, your Kindle. You can buy it for what, Ted? Two bucks? Two bucks. Two bucks. Or you can just get on Patreon and all the patrons will get it uh, just in with their stuff. There you go. Um, this week, we're starting also with uh, you're going to have not only episodes each week to listen to, but also uh, stuff to read. Uh, some stuff that you might have already purchased a book, some stuff um, that was going to be in a book and and didn't wind up being in it, and other stuff that we just feel like dropping in that space. Right. So there's going to be plenty going on with the the Patreon. That all you know what the haters said we couldn't do it. Mm. The haters said we were going to get we we're going to promise it. We weren't going to do anything. Yeah. The haters were me. Yeah. Uh, and I proved and you proved the haters wrong. Yeah. So. You know what? I I use that as fuel. You know, I I wake up in the morning. <laughs> And when I don't have a fresh text of a certain person from you and three or four of my other friends, I do think about the haters and I, I do use it. You know, I use it as a bit of motivation to to fuel this like 
the rebirth of uh of of gut check press and the gut check press podcast so uh yeah i'm on board i'm excited uh so join up via patreon uh we'll ship you we'll we'll rush you a copy of the five day rocky four advent devotional that you can use um to to you know just power your holiday season um, I know that you don't need this. I know that you have scripture and that's sufficient. And I know that you don't need probably any Advent book, let's be honest. But uh, I think you will enjoy this one. I enjoyed doing it. Uh, I was able to put, I, I want to talk about a thing in it that I liked. And a person that I like in the Rocky movies that I don't know that we've talked about a lot. I like Duke. Right. I like Duke. I like Duke, Rocky's trainer. And I like that Duke is a good chess player. Um, I, I don't know why <laughs> that gratifies me so much, but like the... The 35 seconds that you get in Rocky Four of Duke playing chess and beating that KGB guy in it, um, I, I like that I was able to use Checkmate Friend in on day five. You know, it's a little spoiler, but that's day five. Of, Checkmate Friend. Yeah. Dude, I played a little chess with your boy when I was uh, in Nashville a Dude, couple weeks back. Dude, that's awesome. That is amazing. Yeah. Both of my- You want to hear what happened? Yeah, I we, do. We played tw- two games. Okay. It was actually very close, even yeah. though I have like 30 some years of life on him. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and then, and I, but I won both times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could tell neither of us was really a chess player. Yeah, correct. And then we got done uh-huh. and Maxim goes, yeah, it's, it's great. I won once and you won once. <laughs> and I said, that is great. Yeah, it worked out perfect. <laughs> Dude, he's such a, he's such a funny guy. And the interesting thing about that is that both of my kids have accidentally learned to play chess from other people. Like someone taught Tristan when we were in, in Michigan, like someone in his grade school taught him. And I remember like long winter nights in Michigan where we would just like build a fire and play chess in front of it, like Duke and the KGB guy. Um, and then <laughs> checkmate, friend. checkmate friend. And then a couple of, uh, a couple of years ago, somebody at Maxim school taught him to play chess. So um, it's one of those things, dude, it's kind of like playing an instrument in that, I really wish I was the kind of person who could get passionate about chess. Like, I wish I played all the time. And I wish when, I don't know, I watched a miniseries like The Queen's Gambit, I related to it a little bit more. But it was the kind of thing, like, I, I really did learn how to play so that I could play with Triss. But it was it didn't capture my imagination. You know what I mean? Where, where are you at with chess? I I only ever really play chess when my son and I are at the mall and they have, like, the giant <laughs> life-size oh, yeah, thing yeah. there. yeah. Um, I'm not great at it. I can't think yeah. 10 moves ahead. I can yeah. think two moves ahead, That's which means anyone who can think more than two moves ahead can beat me. Yeah. Um, immediately. And, and you know, I, I'll occasionally accidentally slide into what is obviously a great strategy. And yeah. if I do that, I can roll with it, but I, I don't ever on purpose. Yeah. And I think I'd be afraid to play Tristan. I feel like with every, like when his knight took my rook, he would <laughs> like also like grab me and soloplex me or something like yeah, that. Yeah. There would be a physical component as well. Like yeah. You would want to dominate me on both planes. Well, dude, football really is the physical component of chess, if you think about it, in that like the really elite, the really super, super elite coaches are able to think five or ten moves ahead, and the play that they call in the first quarter is setting up something that they want to do in the third quarter. And while I think that I am a good coach, I don't think I'm that kind of a good coach. You know what I mean? Like I'm hmm. I'm good at teaching the game. I'm good at teaching the technique and motivating people. And I love the game and I'm passionate about it, obviously. But I don't have that like chess master moves, counter moves, setting up moves. I, I don't have that kind of a brain, dude. And I think it 
if I had gone into coaching full time, that would have that would have held me back. I think, and and in part because that process doesn't excite and engage me the way that like just being with the guys and teaching the sport, building camaraderie, all those things like excite huh. and engage me more than than the strategic part. But uh, there there's a couple minutes on both of our relationships with chess. So thank you, Duke <laughs> from Rocky Four, for. Uh, you know, motivating that that couple minutes of radio. So, my question to Ted, you can is: I, Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. As I say, uh, Ted, can I ask you uh, one one favor? And and, yeah. and it's on behalf of the patrons. I I would love is to it, do favors. Yeah. Is it possible we might get like a video, like a vlog <laughs> version of at least one of the five days? Yeah. Uh, you looking at your iPhone, yeah. reading it. Um, you know, kind of do leading the devotion of mm. the the first day of the devotional, and that could be a patron only, Patreon only kind of situation. Absolutely. Um, and, and that would that would be the bonus of instead of paying two bucks for the just just the Kindle book. Yeah. Uh, you you could get in there. You also get, I mean, you get all sorts of stuff. And Ted, we do mm. need to decide what day we're going to watch uh, Die Hard. Yes, with our right. top tier uh, yeah, patrons. Absolutely. Uh, but but is that something you might possibly be able to do before Christmas? Oh, hundred percent. Like it'll it'll be my first Hey Guys promotional video of the Advent devotional. <laughs> and uh, all all great Advent authors, as we've learned, they find. Love like the, they find the most photogenic nook of their house, and then they they quaff their hair just so, and then they they shoot like a Hey Guys video. So this this will be my Hey Guys video about my Advent book, which I now have, and I'm going to be insufferable about having. So I suggest you go in the Arnold Cluck <coughs> smoking room and you light up a stogie, yeah, uh, Frank's way stogie, and you Heck yeah, dude. you. you uh, Heck yeah knock it out like that yeah dude little update to the smoking room man i added an accessory and i know that anytime you or i add something aesthetic to our smoking lounges we we share with each other about it and now we'll be sharing with the audience about it dude so as as we've discussed i've kind of gotten back into boxing and uh-huh. i got a pair of gloves they're gold so i i like that Ooh. they're gold because i feel like rocky wore gold gloves in at least one fight and they're from the company Golden Boy Promotions, which is Oscar De La Hoya's company. And I covered a De La Hoya fight early in my career. And I got them on title boxing, deeply discounted. And now they're hanging from the wall in the Arnold Cluck smoking Nice. Lounge. And they look so good, dude. They, they look really good in there. And I'm, I'm super excited about it. Dude, that's thematic, too. You got the, the ring corners in there. Uh, you got the boxing license, yeah, Arnold Clark's boxing license, license in yeah, there. Yeah. No, it's totally thematic. I'm super, super pumped about it. Can't wait to show them to you in real life. And I have a question for you now. And this is sort of a, this is a radio production question. Um, we've been recording for 19 minutes. And yeah. my question to you is, do we want to just talk about <laughs> the Lady Bird hipster movie stuff now and make this the, the full app? No, I think what we do... Mm-hmm. Is we uh, segue from this right in, like you can segue into it from um, uh, the, in the next moments. Yeah. And then we just uh, make this plus the thing that you and I did in your smoke room, the full app. And then we could have 20 minutes to do uh, another Patreon. Yeah, I love it. That sound good? Yeah, that sounds good. So what do okay. I what do I need to say into the microphone to like make make this um, usable? Just like a call to action on the the devotional yeah. and then enjoy this app or whatever. All right, hey, we've got some gut check calls to action right now. Uh run don't walk to gut checks Patreon page. Uh become a patron. 
Um, it's really affordable. I almost said cheap, but it's not cheap, baby. It's it's high value. <laughs> this is high value stuff. And we will rush ship you. We'll drop ship you. Um, and by that, I mean email. Or by that, I mean you'll just get access to it via the Patreon page. Uh, my five-day Rocky Four Advent devotional, which you really need. Uh, Run Don't Walk to Amazon.com, a little online bookseller. They have a website. And on that website, you can type in... <laughs> You can type in on the website uh, in the search bar, Zach, The Dog Lives by Ted Cluck. And that'll direct you to a page where you can purchase The Dog Lives by Ted Cluck. Uh, I'm Ted Cluck, full disclosure. Um, and you can... <laughs> all above board. All above board. Dude, we're, we're the kind of company that we just say everything, right? Um, so they can, <laughs> they, can, uh, they can purchase The Dog Lives and then run back to that selfsame website a couple of days later and give it a nice little five-star deal, dude. Uh, not four stars, not three and a half. We want five. Uh, so if you're a kind of five star dude, if you're a five star individual and we think all of our listeners are top shelf kind of tier one, five star type humans, um, then go and do those things. Uh, and right now, enjoy the rest of the episode. And now. Brought to you by McQuano Coffee Roasters. McQuanoCoffee.com. Coming to you live. And by that we mean not really live. From the Arnold Cluck Smoke Room in Jackson, Tennessee, it's the Gut Check Press Podcast with your hosts, Ted Cluck and Zachary Bartles. <laughs> Hey, welcome to the Gut Check Podcast. I am Ted Clark, joined as always in studio. It's a me. Live in the Arnold Clark Smoking Lounge with my good friend, my partner in radio, my partner in the book business, my non-sexual partner in life, Zachary Bartles. Zach, um, day two of your visit here. Um, what are your impressions of the area? You know, just give me, well, just go a couple minutes, go unfiltered on. Let me talk about what we did today. You know, it's really yes. interesting. Yeah. It's been a fascinating day. Yeah. Uh, we went to Office Max. In that way that we want to curate our experiences to make our life look epic, right? Yes. Like Listen, we're, very we're not going to give you all the details. We're only going to tell you the cool stuff. Yeah, we're right? going to curate and leave out all the mundane stuff. Right. And leave only that which makes us look cool if, or better better than. If compared... <laughs> right? I never understand that. What do you That's mean? less than. Yeah. Uh, you left it hanging there with a fragment. Less than what? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so if your life seems lame compared to this, recognize, one, this isn't every day, right? This is a special well, trip, and we're, we're only giving you the highlights. Zach, and, and recognize, too, you know, in a very real way, not everybody's called to this life, right? This, this lifestyle... <laughs> It'd kill really, most people. <laughs> it really would. This isn't for everybody, okay? Um, you know, in, in a sense, we are, we are elite. You know, we, we are we are cultural elites in that people don't realize what it takes for us to run our fake company. Um, so I want you to walk us through, you know, typically in an interview, someone yeah. will say, what's a normal day like for you? Uh, what's your ideal Press. Sunday? Yeah, what's your ideal Sunday? What what was today like for you at Cut Check? You get up. I got up. You had your coffee. You punched the clock. And work time. What was that? Punched was that like? in. Uh, I got... I got a little muffin yep. um, from your wife, mm-hmm. and then 
I went with you to where you taught classes. Yeah. And I sat in a coffee shop and I edited an episode. There we go. It was an episode that you've just heard if you're listening to things in order. Yeah. Uh, in which I played the saxophone. You sang. <laughs> My wife played the guitar. It was a lot of fun. And then uh, we had lunch at the cafeteria. Again, yep. this is we live hard. We live 110. Yes, yeah. All gas, no brakes. Yes. Like we're going for it. We went. I, I went to both. Now again. Yeah. I I I know it's like caveat on top of caveat. Yeah. Don't compare yourself to me. No, It'll no. just depress you. Yeah, yeah. I went to both the like little like Chipotle knockoff part of the cafeteria yeah. union, yeah. and then whatever they call the spot where you can grab yourself a grilled ham and cheese. The grill. I yeah. did both. Yeah, I yeah, did, did both. both. I didn't pick one or the other. Right. I felt a little bit too full, but I don't care. You went for it anyway because you're a CEO. Yeah. And you know yeah. what? You got a lot of pressures on you uh, as a co-owner of this company. Um, I know today we had a big shipment go out. Yeah. Well, so right? listen, so that trip to Union was actually sandwiched yeah. by two trips to Office Max. Yeah. Max. Emphasis on Max, guys. Again, I mean. Maximum. Not, not everybody's called to this. So. We waited in line a long, 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 long time. Yeah, we did. And we got ourselves some mailing implements so yeah. that we could send out the Kickstarter stuff. Yeah. Everything's signed by Megan and yourself. Dude, shout out to our Kickstarters, man. Studs. All Listen, if something's missing, let us know. As we were doing it, we were like, yeah. just, we're, we're messing some things up. You know what? We need to come clean with them. Okay? And we need to indicate to them, Zach, I haven't cleared this with you before. Uh-oh. Yet. You know how typically before a show, we'll kind of run through the whole show kind of cold. <laughs> we you know, know everything yeah, we're going to yeah. say. We know everything we're going to say. We run say. through the script, yeah. and, we, and we might write notes, and we yeah, punch we might out. write notes and say, you know, more of that, like more pathos there, you know, that kind of thing. Um, one of the things that became clear to us as we were packing boxes and envelopes on the on the tail end of this Kickstarter campaign is that... That is absolutely not a skill set that we have. We're not good at logistics. We're not good at keeping track of things. We're not even especially good at like crit- critical thinking our way through even the most rudimentary problem in that area. Um, so without a doubt, we've screwed something up. Uh, if that's been your experience... Mia culpa. Mia culpa. That's right. Um, well, excuse <laughs> Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Steve yeah. Martin. The late Steve Martin. <laughs> Actually, I think he's, he he's okay. okay. I think. Yeah, yeah. Hey, speaking of Steve Martin, <laughs> um, not to get us off topic here. I mean, this is <laughs> scintillating radio. Uh, well, look at bad cigars, dude. Yeah, they're not great. Yeah, I'm gonna smoke three more of them. Though. Oh, sure, absolutely. Um, they have a cool. They have a cool label. They have a great the, label. The fedora. That that was my that was my entry yeah. point with these. Um, yeah. So regarding Steve Martin. Did you do at all season two of Only Murders in the Building? Not even season one, buddy. We haven't broached it. We have Hulu. We haven't done it. Yeah. Season one is fun. It's really fun. He and Martin Short on screen together are really funny, really charismatic. And the show has kind of like a a, a try-hard ethos to it that mimics that of the characters in the show, right? (laughs) Um, It doesn't take itself too seriously. It's really fun. So then season one becomes massively successful. Season two then... It's all social issues? Yeah, it's all social issues. No. It loses... You don't know it is, dude. It loses all the charm of Name season me one. a social issue or two that's addressed. Uh, homosexuality. Oh, for crying out loud. Yep. You know, I was hoping that a lighthearted whodunit, kind of a goofball thing, yeah. would... See, I don't look for that. I, I actually... 
I also wouldn't want it to be like uh, heavy-handedly right-wing or conservative either. That's just you. Yeah, it's almost like what's what the I'm, place for it? What I'm hearing from you is that in your lighthearted sort of whodunit romp, you don't also want a sermon. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't need you to tell me what to think. Strange. Well, um, well I'm an odd guy. Again, yeah. I'm elite. Yeah, you are. Don't compare yourself to me, dude. You're built different. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like those other girls. <laughs> I don't um, even have any Uggs. What's your, um... What's I have one fa- Ugg. <laughs> it's a righty. Yeah. <laughs> what's your favorite Steve Martin thing of all time? Uh, either the Three Amigos... Oh my gosh, that's funny. Or, you know, it's a deep cut, and it's kind of a dad thing to say. Yeah. Father of the Bride's a good one. Oh no, that's a classic. That's so good. And that's also about Mark Short. He's good in that type of role. Um, where he's not being zany and over the top and funny all the time. You can, yeah. you can do the subtleties. Hey... I'm gonna run a conceptual thing by you, vis-a-vis comedians and how they age. So this is—we're still talking about our day and what we did with it. Yes, okay. yes, exactly. We'll get—we'll get you to the post office eventually because <laughs> what that is there a is wild story. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. Get ready. You know what? If you have any children listening, yeah, maybe now's the time to turn it off. Right before we get to the post Let's office. Let's go a little PG thirteen. Um, <laughs> but no, like th- this whole—and Steve Martin has done this. And I'm not even That's sure. That's a good idea. Yeah, it is. It's getting a little thin. And then I can barely see you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even sure how I feel about it. But it's the whole, like, I was a comedian. I made my living being really funny. But now it's really important for me to, to, to indicate how intellectual I am. I hate that so much. I, I thought Every time might. it pops up. Yeah. Or I need to, like, dedicate my career to showing you that I really am... Uh, thinky, dramatic, and sad. Yeah, thinky, like, dramatic, sad, Allow yourself to have some range, yes. Yeah, great. Right. Especially if you're, you know, you're a very accomplished actor. Yeah. But like Tom Hanks. Yeah. Steve Carell. Yeah. Michael Keaton. Uh-huh. I don't know if he belongs in there, but I put him in that group. I put him in there. When's the last time you saw them do anything funny? Even Jim Carrey, it had been a long time before he like popped up in like Sonic the Hedgehog doing yeah. the actual Jim Carrey shtick. It would almost be jarring if Steve Carell were to do a funny movie at this point in his career. Um, but I have a question for you, somewhat conceptual but related to this. Okay. As we ourselves get older... On this program. Speak for yourself, dude. Which is the thing that we talk about from time to time. It's the thing that we're doing. Yeah. Listen, we're doing it faster than you are. Don't compare yourself to us. Yeah, we're elite. We live quick. Yeah. As we get older, are we ourselves going to pivot into... Super serious? Kind of effete, intellectual, sort of, sort of, sort of... I think if you listen to some of our earlier episodes from like... 2014, yeah, which is eight years ago. We've been doing this program for eight years, my friend. Yeah, uh, and then you listen to some of them now. Yeah, you can hear that it's basically become it's like a white paper. It's like a yeah. it's just like a meeting of the evangelical theological society now. All the all the ha-has are gone, you know, stripped away. In their place is now um, 45 minutes of us going. But what if Brad Pitt played Pluto <laughs> and Mickey Mouse? <laughs> But what if Brad Pitt was Jimmy Chitwood in Hoosiers? <laughs> but what if Brad Pitt was Margaret Thatcher in The Iron Lady? <laughs> I'm in. Better movie. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't like that. I, I, yeah. I, 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 like, I don't begrudge them the here and there. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like it shows you're like either unimpressed with yourself or feel like you have so much to prove. Yeah. And I feel like it's a little bit of a sneaky way to get in. I feel yeah. the sort of the same way as I do when Howie Long headlines an action movie. 
Yeah. And I go, hold on a minute, buddy. Yeah. I got it when you were like the henchman on Broken Arrow. Right, and it was a minute and a half. Because you're you know? enormous. Yeah. And you can say a sentence without sure. sounding too ridiculous. He's all right. But when you get your own movie. You get your own movie. Yeah. You, you faked your way into it. And when yeah. you're like, ha look at me, I'm zany, I'm from Second City, and I can improv, and I'm funny. Yeah. And then you show that you have some depth in the, in the course of some of the comedic roles. I like yeah. that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, no, 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 I'm like Oscar contender drama right. guy. I'm a serious actor. You snuck in the back door. Right. I don't like it. I, I, I'm, I'm always waiting for them to like remember who, why they love doing what they do. Yeah. And I loved that Jim Carrey came back around at one, and did like Ace Ventura five via several different movies. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. that felt good. Yeah. No, I agree. Let me lay another thing on you. Hits a little closer to home for me. Uh huh. And I know you're the post not... office. It's right. It's just, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's close to home. Literally. Um, <laughs> I'm not ready to talk about that yet. Yeah, you know what? It's um, still a little wrong. Yeah, it's still a little, I'm still processing. <laughs> I need a few minutes with it, you know. <laughs> Build it up more, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm definitely building it up. <laughs> um, certain aspects of it. But um, I think it's safe to say that this pathology of, like, starting funny and landing in a more kind of kind of serious place mm-hmm. is happening on my other podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I don't listen to it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. What Now, why do you think that is? Do you think it's a function of age? Do you think it's a function of... Self-importance? I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't know what it is either. The other two guys being pastors, but you're a pastor. Uh, rumor is, yes. Rumor, rumor has it. Um, I don't know. I don't I don't think lowly of... I mean, the other three guys involved in your other podcasts, sir. Yeah. Or is Lofty, I don't know. Is Lofty a pastor? I never can tell. I think kind of, yeah. I think yeah. I think. <laughs> I know. What? Lofty, did you go to seminary? There's so much I don't know about Lofty. Yeah, no joke. You know, he's, he's a mystery. He's, he's veiled in mystery, this guy. I know yeah. that I like him. Yeah. Um, but, like, I, I don't know. I don't think that that necessarily... I, I was going to say something, like, that in general, mm-hmm. I feel like is, is the thing, is that people... Um, no, because it doesn't apply. It doesn't apply. So I'm yeah. not going to say it, because yeah. I, would, I would have to then walk it right back. It doesn't yeah. apply. Yeah. So in that case, I don't know. I know that people still tune in for the funny... Yeah. And still like it. And then want the hot takes. Yeah. And, it, and from the beginning, I do remember Mr. Stephen Altrogi, and I don't like it when we spend time talking about your other podcasts, Sunday no, podcasts, no, yeah. but, but Mr. Stephen Altrogi uh, used to say, the Happy Rant podcast. podcast, the podcast in which we podcast about things that don't matter all that much. Uh-huh. And like, so the idea was it was going to be lighthearted. Yes. And then when the book came out, and there are 14,000 copies of that book right there, yeah. and I have another 3,000 at home. Yeah. Uh, I'm kidding. The, there's not that many. There's here. not that many. We sent, by the way, you can tell maybe I'm a little caffeinated and uh, yeah, nicotine yeah, up today. Yeah. Um, if you were expecting a couple stickers in with your Kickstarter package, instead, you got the Happy Rant book. So yeah. uh, you got a better deal. I don't want to hear you complaining. We made uh, a pivot away from stickers. Yeah. As a company. Yeah. And toward hardcover books that mm-hmm. you can buy on like feature end caps right now in yeah. Christian bookstores. So, yeah. Uh, you at, got the a better... st- at the start of fiscal 2022, we said, you know what? No more stickers. <laughs> I'm planting my flag here. I'm dying on this hill. This is this is a new core value. That's right. Love it or leave the company. That, that's right. But, but like, people still tune in for it. But, like, on the, the back of it, it even says, like, uh, ranting about things that don't matter all that much and some things that do. And I think so. Maybe it just didn't feel like a good use of some people's time Mm -hmm. to just like yuck it up. Whereas I feel like as a pastor, I do so much 
Yeah. You can't tend to the KK in the room now. I'm talking, I'm bearing my soul. He's over here no, yawning. No, good. I'm listening. He's deep in a yawn. Yeah. Um, it's like, been a hard work day for me. Too. I can see his, I counted his tonsils. He's got two mm. of them. Uh, <laughs> but, um, like, as a pastor, I get uh, enough of the uh, bloviating about things that matter a lot yeah. and wrestling with, you yeah. know, these things and, and exegeting the text and dealing with deep issues. Important and issues. Yeah, yeah. That when I'm with you, it, see, and maybe that's the thing. It's yeah. not a job. Yeah. Our no. company's fake. Yep. Even though we've come up with a lot of product and actually made quite a bit of money, yeah. it's still not right. real. It's a it's a post office box. Sure. Not at the post office we were just at where no. I might even, don't even know if we're going to tell you what happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like... I kind of wish we had a P.O. box there. I'm not going to lie. We, we could, well, we could easy, easily make that happen. Yeah. It's, we're already paying 100 bucks for the one in uh, Lansing. <laughs> and, 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 you know, here's the funny thing. We almost we were talking about how much I love Jackson, Michigan the other day. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, hold on. I talked yeah. right through her. Yeah. And I said to my wife, like, wouldn't it be awesome if we moved here? Yeah. And it could say, gut check press, Jackson, Michigan, Jackson, Tennessee. Oh, that'd and be she was fun. like, it's almost worth moving here just for that. Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> but, uh, like, it, because it's not, like... A, a serious endeavor like where we're we're gathering 400 people in an auditorium twice a year yeah and there has to be like delivery of like maybe that's why this is just the yucks for us yeah especially for it, especially it's almost for me for yeah. you like the original podcast you started the happy rant podcast mm. maybe a month and a half before we started ours yeah we'd already talked about it a little bit but yeah. but i think that's what made us do it yeah. you were like it's not that hard let's just yeah. do it so that was maybe a a escape from like the grind for you, yeah. and now it's become part of the grind, yeah. and you escape even even I that escape grind. Even the escape, here. yes, yeah. that's this is right. the escape from the escape. It's the escape. The escape, yeah, very very good. That's good analysis. I agree hundred percent. And even though this is supposed to be the big escape, yeah. stuff like what went down at the post office still <laughs> happens. Yeah, I know. Real life intervenes. You know, you can't get away from it. Life happens, man. <laughs> Father time keeps marching on. That's right. Our bodies are falling apart. That's right. Our dreams are dying on the vine. You know what? But certain conversational topics for us... Evergreen. Evergreen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Always. Always there. Uh, baby, where do you... Where do you see this whole thing going? This whole, <laughs> Is this a DTR? Yeah. Where do you see this little rocket ship going? What are we doing here? Yeah. What, what is we, this? Right. What, what it's exactly? It's like a corporate retreat. Like I'm not saying I want out. I'm just saying I want some definition and some hey, labels. What are your working styles? And is this company, like, or are we getting the most out of you? What's your work language? <laughs> are we getting the most out of you as an employee? Do you feel fulfilled <laughs> no. here? You're not getting the squat out of me as an employee. Listen, um, we're, here's where I see it going. Okay. Nowhere but up, up, up. To the moon. Like a rocket ship. Like a freaking... Once, I was a jet engine. Oh, I love that. Dude, we're a jet yeah. engine. Gut yeah. check's a jet engine. We're still a jet engine. Listen to me. How many books have we put out? As a company? So many. So many. I think that it stands somewhere near a dozen plus a magazine. That's solid, dude. That's a nice little roster of books right there. I see where we're going next year, 2023, which yep. is just on the horizon and probably already started by the time you hear this. That's right. Because <laughs> it's November. Flex 4, Caution to the Wind. I was going to say 10-year uh, anniversary second edition of the Smoking Companion. Love it. Already, already and written Flex content. Four, and Flex 4, Caution of the Winds. I actually just had a vision. I mean, not sort of from the Lord. Not on that level. But I had a, 
I had a vision for the rest of this podcast episode. Okay. And it's harkening back to something that you mentioned last night. And, and Oh, Brad Pitt. What if Brad Pitt was... <laughs> what if Brad Pitt was a squirrel? Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. I'd watch that squirrel. <laughs> but Zach, you mentioned something. And gosh darn it, you could have knocked me over with a feather when you said it. Because I couldn't believe it, what mm. I was hearing. You indicated to me... That we hadn't yet finished Gut Check Literacy Month. Oh, you're right, buddy! We have more chapters to read, and I bet we could produce a copy or two of the Rapture novel, and we could we could do some more giving back of the gift of literacy. You know, because you and I are writers, we're readers, we're men of letters, we love the written word, and I, I bet this is something that, as a company and as individuals, we could provide right now. Do you have any idea what chapter we're on? Zach, I don't, but I bet if I had the, the luxury of like flipping through a copy, I could kind of... Um, I'm going to pause this a minute. Yeah, pause it. Gut Check Literacy Month. This is yeah. a, a little month that we began in 2015. <laughs> yeah. Roughly uh, seven years ago as a way to give back. As uh, a way to give back, and it's still going strong. Yep. That's right. So it's been it's been a little while, and we are going to assume that you know exactly where we are in the story and what's happening. That's right. Because we definitely did. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. Um, so this is going to be chapter 53, Come Get You Some. I'll be Duke. Obviously. Yeah. And then uh, after that, we're going to hear chapter 54, Morrison Wept. I love it. Uh, I believe most of this first one I wrote and the next one you wrote. Yep. So Love it. Let's get into it. Chapter 53, Come Get You Some. Morrison is feeling his age in every single joint of his body as he crouches on the defensive line. Something heavy and wet slaps his helmet at terminal velocity, jarring him. Looking across at the line of scrimmage, he sees dirt raining down on the opposing team as well. Like some lesser plague from the apocalyptic cutting room floor. (laughs) It covers the field and the fans alike. It's everywhere, drumming down, deafening and relentless for several seconds, and then it's over. Duke's eyes instinctively go upward to the source of this mess. The jet has a telltale aftermarket add-on jutting out beneath it. Duke immediately intuits what one of those nutters was trying to do. They'd somehow gotten a hold of more of Townsend's special dirt and Van Shrimpy's old jet and thought they'd weaponize it to create an army of mindless soldiers who would be ready to retake Nebraska in a couple weeks. You morons, he says under his breath. It's just dirt. Whoever was up there... Flying off over the horizon. All they'd accomplished was yet another delay in the game, while stadium staff tried their best to clean all this up. Duke is feeling frustrated and angry, and just a little perplexed. But most of all, he's embarrassed that he ever had anything to do with these people. Duke, there's some growth, I think, from Yeah, there's some growth. Duke. Yeah, yeah, Duke's going through He some just wants too. to play football. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Why didn't I just drive to the game like a normal person, Rabbi Pastor says aloud. He's disgusted with himself that his flair for the dramatic may have costed him a shot at eschatological glory. How ironic. His stomach drops as he remembers that he is, once again, the Denver Values team chaplain, granting him easy access to pretty much the entire stadium. His stomach drops further as he makes the mistake of looking down over the side of the light stanchion. If you don't recall, he had uh, come out of the the Harrier jump jet in in the uh, golf cart, and it had a parachute on it. And then he he landed on the the light stanchion. After taking a moment to center his breathing, Rabbi Pastor lays down on the narrow strip of cold metal between the wreckage of the golf cart and the drop to certain death. He has one shot to salvage this whole Armageddon thing. He finds himself suddenly thinking of a centering exercise he'd helped develop during the summer (laughs) he hung out with Nadia Boltz-Weber. 
<laughs> Ironically, he was at the 2013 Retreat for Silence, two doors down from the seance deal Vince and Sarah Young put together. Josh and Bolts Weber called it the Magical Mystery Tour. Josh closes his eyes and begins to visualize himself levitating off the surface of the light stanchion, lighter than a feather. He doesn't know if it's astral projection, magic, or the same dark force that drew him to become El Drago a few months earlier. All he knows is that, after a few seconds, he's actually levitating. For real. <laughs> with one, with only his mind to steer him, he slowly moves forward, floating along down the Tower of Lights toward the field below. No. No, he's headed out toward the mountains. There are no shortcuts here. This is a contemplative <laughs> exercise, which means letting his mind take him wherever it wants to go, and doing so <laughs> in a really crappy green screen looking way. And apparently, his spirit wants to go out into the pristine, snow-capped peaks, the burbling brooks and rivers, and then, of course, over some congested five-lane superhighway, <laughs> then fields of discarded tires, then smokestacks, which imply that things are being produced in a factory, something only Beelzebub and his minions would smile upon. Soon, though, the expanse of factories gives way and the stadium looms close. Josh avoids paying for a ticket by floating in over the side of the venue and coming to rest on the turf by Van Shrimpy's feet. He smiles and opens his eyes. Aw, oh, crap! Josh yeah. is still atop the light stanchion. The whole levitating thing was just the musings of a pseudo-deep, incredibly obnoxious, and somewhat delusional mind. And now that he thinks of it, he might have copied the whole thing from a crappy movie. Josh shivers. It's getting really cold up here. That's when he is pelted by 40 pounds <laughs> of cold, wet dirt. I love it, dude. Sylvia sits back and slips the Sega controller back into her purse. This, the dirt raining hard on the roof of the luxury box, must be a sign of some kind. It was 4th and 12 for the values when the mud fell from the heavens, and Sylvia had been planning to take control of Strongbow the moment the vegans took control of the ball. The plan, per Schofield, was first to take Duke out of commission on the sideline via a seemingly wild throw, then to let loose the mother of all interception throws, giving brothers the chance to shine like a star, unencumbered by Luke's legendary defense. Pulling out her phone, Sylvia dials Edith's number and is treated to a phlegm-rattling cough, followed by a phlegm-coated, Hello! It's me, Sylvia says. Meet me just outside the luxury box. You know there's dirt falling out of the sky. <laughs> I know. Was that us? No, just come up here, okay? Use the credentials I gave you. A minute later, the two women are face-to-face -face in the little hallway behind the box. The stink of new carpet mixes with Edith's natural old ashtray smell. <laughs> so what's up? Edith asks. You gonna take out that traitor Morrison or what? Sylvia ignores the question. Let me borrow your ham radio thing. Edith's brow descends, creating a mesmerizing kaleidoscope of wrinkles. Yeah. Why? Beca <laughs> because I said so. She holds out her hand. You want it? Edith challenges, her face twisting into a wicked little grin that reminds Sylvia of those folk dolls made of dried apples. Come get you some. Without even thinking, Sylvia snaps the sharp edge of her right hand into Edith's left temple and follows the blow with another, just behind the hag's right ear. Edith goes down like a bag of wet dirt from the belly of a jet and lands hard like that same dirt landing on a stadium <laughs> full of people. Um, Edith? Sylvia asks, pushing the toe of her Stuart Weitzman suede bump against <laughs> Edith's inert form. Dude, shoot stuff. <laughs> yeah. 
Sorry, she mumbles, pulling the souped-up radio from Edith's fanny pack. She almost stops to check for a pulse, but then decides not to. After powering the thing on, she hits the transmit button and says, Duke, it's me, Sylvia Lavorde. I know you can hear me. She's walking briskly away from the suite and Edith. According to her intel, only Strongbow and Duke, the team's defensive captain, have receivers built into their helmets. I have no idea how accurate any of this might no, be. No, it's really accurate. Really? The middle linebacker gets one and the, um, the quarterback gets one. Huh. Yeah. You know, research. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a competent yeah, writer. Yeah, yeah. Van Shrimpy has the transmitter. I need to talk to the three of you, Sylvia says. Strongbow, Van Shrimpy, Morrison, let me know when you're all together. Running on autopilot, Sylvia has made her way to the ladies' room. Not the swank private restroom of the box upstairs, but the commoner's restroom, where she can hide anonymously in one of a hundred toilet stalls. Why does she always come back here when things get yeah. rough? She makes a mental note to bring this up with her court-appointed counselor. Okay, comes Morrison's voice over the radio. We're here. What do you want? Was that you raining dirt on my parade? No. It was probably Josh, if I had to guess. But listen, I know something you don't. Strongbow's wired up like a video game again. I was supposed to turn him against you, take you out of commission, but I'm not going to do it. I've lost my taste for all this stuff. I want you to have the controller, Dr. Van Trimpe. With your help, Ted can play the best football of his life. Really show up, Dirk Brothers. That's all you really want, isn't it? She can practically hear their nonverbal reactions over the radio. Grizzled annoyance from Duke. Give me a little grizzled annoyance. Yeah. A deep and all-encompassing temptation from Van Shrimpy, and pure confusion from Strongbow. <laughs> this is an important moment, almost sacred, and it's being pretty much ruined for Sylvia by some super gross bathroom noises a few stalls down. <laughs> Duke knows that look in Van Shrimpy's eyes. He's in danger of giving in to the crazy old televangelist that still lurks within. Don't do it, Morrison says. I have to. No, you don't. <laughs> we can play the game natural, like God intended. No performance-enhancing drugs, no biohacking, none of it. Van Shrimpy reaches up, his hands shaking, and pulls the small USB device <laughs> from the port in Strongbow's neck. He drops it to the concrete and crushes it beneath his wingtip. Wait, what's happening? It's Sylvia's voice, piped into the heads of all three men, like she's their collective conscience. Which would be really bad news for them, considering the stuff she's done. We appreciate the heads up, says Duke. And we appreciate the offer. But we're not going that route this time. Commendable, Sylvia says. Also, I think I killed Edith. What? Nothing, never mind. <laughs> Van Shrimpy's cunning grin has relaxed into a <laughs> satisfied smile. An old man smile. I may not be the best coach in the world, he says. But I'll do my best. Only one problem. Sega controller or no Sega controller, Strongbow is debilitatingly stupid. <laughs> the communities haven't even started to wear off. I think I can help with that, Sylvia says. Something I saw Schofield do to Blake Ashcroft. It's called The Undumbing. Tell me, which of you two can slap harder? <laughs> Section break. Josh is starting to feel a little woozy. Yes, he's thinking of himself simply as Josh yet again, no longer aspiring to be the Antichrist or the Messiah's right-hand man. He just wants to make it home in one piece. The altitude has been giving him headaches since arriving in Denver, and here atop the light stanchion, the air is only thinner. At any moment, he might pass out, he thinks, at which point there is not much to stop him from falling to his death. No, he won't let that happen. He's got to act now while he still has his head. This, of course, is a relative term, in that Josh Vandersma is a completely delusional crazy person by any standard. 
As gingerly as possible, so as not to send it plummeting to the earth below, Josh leans back into the golf cart and reviews its many aftermarket add-ons, all of which were installed by Max Darby. The knobs, levers, and buttons are all labeled with that cool-looking 1980s label tape where the letters are white and raised. Mm-hmm. Oil slick. Smokescreen. Flares. Yeah. This is all pretty cool, of course, but none of it does Josh any good up here. He pops open the glove compartment and finds it empty, save for a strange-looking pen-like contraption and several small cartridges, each bearing the silk-screened, <laughs> silk-screened image of a bull. A post-it affixed to the pens reads, For emergencies only. Max. Oh, I love it, dude. All right, dude. You know what I love about this, too? I'm holding in my hands, this is radio, not television, the paperback version yeah. of the complete epic. Dude, the girth on this thing. Dude. Uh, it's heavy. It's substantial. This is worth the investment. You can run. Don't walk to Amazon.com, uh, our little online bookselling partner. I'm disappointed in the Gut Check Army that we haven't sold more of those omnibuses. Yeah, you can pick up a copy of Re-Raptured, the omnibus, the complete epic. You could knock you someone that. off the top of a land a stanchion. Oh, light stanchion yeah, no yeah, yeah, absolutely. Want to do Morrison Wet? Chapter oh, yeah. 54? Yeah, let's okay, hear some let's Morrison Wet. Yeah. I'll be uh, Van Shrimpy. Yeah, this is a short one. Uh, chapter 54, Morrison Wept. Duke is taking a much-needed breather on the sidelines because he is an old man now. A real old man playing pro football against much younger men who are all world-class athletes. His body is covered in scrapes and blood, his knees hurt, his shoulders hurt, and his neck hurts, and he's never felt better. He grabs a Gatorade bottle and squirts a stream of cold water over his graying mane. Ted, Ted is... (laughs) Is Duke Morrison you? I mean, you know... (laughs) Some people have read it that way, you know. Uh, a lot of scholars, a lot, a lot of gutcheck scholars. There's some debate in that community. Uh, there have been some. I think it's a little on the nose. Yeah, to I think it's like, uh, exactly. It's Morris's society. It's lazy exegesis, if you ask me. <laughs> Out of the corner of his eye, he catches Van Trippy slapping Ted Strongbow hard across the face. After which, Strongbow slaps Van Trippy across the face. <laughs> then Van Trippy slams both fists down hard on Strongbow's shoulder pads. And Strong, Strongbow then returns the favor, slamming his ham fist down on Van Trimpey's <laughs> bony shoulders. Quotes. Oh my gosh, that's funny! Finally, both, both men spit into the other man's open mouth. It is disgusting and primal. They stole that from the program, Morrison growls to Troy Aikman Morrison, invoking the name of the bad 90s football movie they both watched together in the hotel room the night before the game. Morrison is realizing that he loves being a dad and loves sharing his movie collection with his boys. <laughs> Troy Aikman smiles and throws his helmet back on. You okay, Dad? He asks, full of genuine concern for his father's well-being. Duke cries again. He's been really weepy today. In addition to racking up a dozen tackles and an interception, well on his way to being named the Dewar's Barbasol Defensive Player of the Game. Duke! Duke! The massive linebacker cranes his thick neck around to see Dr. James Wiles, who has placed one of his soft hands on Duke's shoulder pads. <laughs> How'd you get here? Duke growls, meaning how did you get sideline clearance for an asphalt game when security at these things is Pentagon level? It's been such a journey... <laughs> I mean, I never really believed in myself in a, as a Wiles begins, thinking Duke meant it in like an existential (laughs) way, which he totally didn't. He meant, how did he get down here without a lanyard? No, 
Not like that, Duke says, <laughs> understandably distracted by the task at hand. Duke, I came down here to share some good news, Wiles explains. What is it? Duke asks, keeping one eye on the vegans who have forced a three and out, meaning that Strongbow will be back on the field soon. Duke grabs his hammered helmet off the bench. Duke, I got a book deal, says Wiles. It's with Thomas Nelson Publishing for a new book to be called Working, colon, A Practical Theological Defense of Normal Jobs. <laughs> Morrison drops his late model Riddell Revolution helmet to the turf where it lands with a thud. He is shocked, but in a nice way. That sounds awesome, James, he says. For the third time that day, Duke Morrison weeps. <laughs> and we get a section break. As it turns out, Jim Townsend had to pay above face value for four tickets from a scalper outside the stadium. Per Stacy, the whole interaction took way longer than it should have because Jim is, quote, so cheap. <laughs> In this, he is exactly like every evangelical man who has ever lived. <laughs> this is so fun, Stacy says out loud, giggling and actually clapping when she finally palms the tickets. Jim is flabbergasted that someone could make his wife so happy with something so banal. Inside, he is beating himself up for ever trying to recolonize Nebraska, what with the state-of-the-art fertility drug he discovered while tunneling under the earth. <laughs> Ballad of Jim Townsend, the Ballad baby. of Jimmy Townsend. It's okay, Jimmy, his wife says, sensing his inner guilt and pain. Just enjoy yourself. And wait, I got you something. She produces a Marshall's <laughs> bag from her purse and pulls out an officially licensed Brooklyn Vegans Duke Morrison jersey, about which Townsend is completely stoked. He pulls it on and in that moment feels like a very, very happy child. Such is the spell of ASFL football. <laughs> As they make their way through the concourse, they happen upon an intellectual who looks lost. Can I help you? Jennifer asks Dr. James Wiles as their eyes meet and a crackle of subtext passes between them. Wiles knows this because he spent an entire sabbatical once studying subtext. <laughs> I don't have a ticket, says Wiles sheepishly. And I really don't know my purpose here. We have an extra, Jennifer says coquettishly. Sit with us. And dude, we get a section break. Jennifer comes in hard at the dude, end of the book. Dude, she goes hard, yeah. dude. I like Jennifer. Good kid. Uh, all right, a couple more paragraphs to go. Ted Strongbow trots out to the field knowing what, he fears, every person in the stadium knows. That he might be a fraud as a starting Aspel quarterback. But the slaps on the face and the taste of Van Shrimpy's skull-laced spit in his mouth seem to have awakened something in the raw-boned quarterback. And that something is baseline human cognition. <laughs> Simply put, Strongbow is thinking like a real person now. And what he knows beyond a shadow of a doubt is that he would rather die on this field than go back to hosting Pleasant Morning USA. He enjoys the feeling of having an honest non-curated, non-PR human emotion, and he would like to have more of it. <laughs> Strongbow knows that while his degree in small particle physics from FCPU is a sham, his ability to run the football, to use his 235 pounds like a human jackhammer, is no joke. He also knows that if the vegans are going to win this game, he needs to run the football and chew clock, because Morrison and his heroic defensive performance can only last so long. The, the play call crackles through his in-helmet radio as Van Shrimpy makes the first call. Strongbow strides confidently into the huddle. Okay, boys, let's put the women and children to bed and go looking for dinner, he says. 
You stole that from the program, says the vegan's hulking left guard, Barkevious Lackshad, <laughs> knowing that all of the actual women and children in this stadium are probably lounging in Dynex Lifeway's state-of-the-art lactation it's a callback on the mezzanine level. Strongbow smiles. He's one of the boys now. <laughs> okay, here's the call. Pistol right, QB power on one-on-one. Ready? And all the vegans clap in unison while shouting. Break. I love it, dude. Oh, dude, I love our book. Our book is so fun and it's so good. If we only wait like six, seven months between each of these, yeah. this thing will be done in no time. Four or five yeah. more years. Yeah, four or five more years, we'll be old men. So we're on page... What are we looking at here? Uh, shoot, I just closed my book. We're on page 441 uh-huh. out of 462. You know what? At the risk of, of putting words into your mouth... Um, or, or spitting your skull legs spit in your mouth if, it still feels like we're on page one it feels exciting and new to me you yeah. know what I mean listen dude I I don't remember doing this but at the very end uh-huh. on my my copy at, 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 after the, the last words I yeah. wrote that's a rewrap <laughs> I guess maybe I wanted to say that when we got there but that's now really I've ruined fun. it no no <laughs> it'll be six or seven years before we get there right. so no one will have forgotten that. Oh, hey, by the way, um, yeah. we should probably tell the people what happened at the post office. We should. Um, we mailed out a whole bunch of their Kickstarter packages, yep. and we noticed a whole lot of things that we can't go into on the program. Um, yeah. It was nice to say. It's it was a normal trip, really. Yeah, but it was better in that, like, we should have taken some selfies of ourselves there. Mm. I, sh- I should have taken a picture on federal property, you might get in trouble. On federal property, with my knee cocked just so, with a jacket slung over my cocked oh. elbow, um, my head at a jaunty angle, holding, reading a text. Yeah, reading a text. Holding your uh, your brand new book up for all to see. That's Flex right. three, the dog Flex lives. Flex three, the dog lives. Available in uh, stores now, and by stores I mean one online store, Amazon.com. Run, don't walk. Get yourself a copy, Zach. I hear the sweet, dulcet tones of dinner being plated in the other room. I love it. Dude. Let's, Let's go in. in. Let's do this. Zach, we've done what we always do on this program, and we will see you. <laughs> Next time. Then pay phone at your best friend's wedding. Call me in the middle of the night. Send baby, we know where this is heading. Let's make a run for it and get lost in the